The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Since we've been sitting in our recording booth, we'll call it for this. No, it's our studio. So it or me and Greg's living yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Anyway, we live so in a studio. <laughs> it's been a while. What have you guys been up to? Uh, I, probably the same as Greg, just working, dealing with the, the chaos of customer service. It's been uh, it's been fun. I, I'm not going to say where I work, because just in case, my boss mm. is listening. He's a huge fan of 2 versus 3. But... uh. <laughs> Uh, I work at a hotel, and let's just say, for the sake of podcasts, the person in room 404, she's quite a handful. I'm a porter at the hotel, so I run room service, and uh, I've been getting her orders in the morning, and I, I don't do mornings often, so I come in there, I bring this order up, and the deal is there's no knocking on the door. She leaves the fucking door unlocked. I peek my head in, and I go, room service, she, comes, she goes, come in. I come in, she just looks up at me with fucking terror in her eyes, because I'm not the regular guy, and she just starts squirming in her seat and getting uncomfortable, and I place down the food, and she just dissects the tray in front of me. There's not enough butter, I have four pieces of toast, I need four butters. What? What is this? She starts shaking and almost crying, I'm like, that's ketchup, ma'am. She's like, get it away from me. <laughs> what the fuck? How yeah. long are people staying in your hotel? She lives there. What? Yeah. You don't work in a crappy hotel. So, later in the day... It's a nice hotel. Later in the day, I I got a memo to bring up to room 404. I'm like, well, I'm fucking reading this on the way up. And I'm looking at it, and this woman's dealing with millions of dollars in bank loans. So, she's just this old, nutty woman living in our hotel, dealing with banking. And we're thinking she's hoarding all of the condiments we're giving her on her room service trays. Because I'm bringing her up a fucking thing of oatmeal. And it comes with a little bit of maple syrup. Which, not a lot of people even put on their fucking oatmeal. But mm. I bring her up, she's like, where's the jar? What what jar, ma'am? She's like, the jar of maple syrup. <laughs> I'm like, stash and um, well, yeah. So we think she's such butter, maple syrup, salt and pepper. <laughs> she's just really getting her money's worth. Well, I mean, if she's giving you guys like <laughs> weeks and weeks of... Payment. How long has she been living there? You know? Well, she's been here for a month, and I think she's going to be here for a couple more months. And oh. she works for a, a bank. Oh, I don't know if she works for anyone, but she's got fucking money. Okay, how, how do you know? Like, just come well, I, I guess because she lives in a nice hotel. And I read this memo, and it's, she had, she was meeting someone about these million dollar bonds. Did she send that memo down? Like, give me all the maple syrup I asked for. I have millions of dollars. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to start doing that whenever I go to a hotel. I'm going to be like, listen, I'm up there dealing with million dollar bank bonds. Give me some extra fucking maple syrup. I'm always lacking maple syrup. I'm Canadian. She's like giving me some serious like Howard Hughes vibes. Like, Well, that sounds, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's right. She starts asking for peculiar flavors of ice cream and buys a company. Then you know you're dealing with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's all the joys of customer service. That's what I've been dealing with for this last week. What That's about weird you, Greg? as fuck. 
I uh, just went visiting with some family. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Oh yeah, you went away for a few days. Oh yeah, you were you were gone. Yeah. How's the train? I took the, the train, the local, local, the local rail, <laughs> the local via, uh, the local via. Well, this country was built on the trains. All countries, pretty much, where. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, that's hung out with the family. Went and saw Dawn of Justice again. Awesome. Saw it twice now. Yeah, did you yeah. like it better? I thought it was great. Second time around too. My brother went and saw. It. He saw it three times now. So I mean. So, Will likes it? Yeah. I guess he liked it when we saw it. I saw, like, a review that said that, unlike, or compared to other movies, most of the sales, like, in the box office were repeat viewers. Well, like, that, that makes sense. Well, like, that doesn't sound Dedicated right. fans. Well, yeah, I get that, but it didn't have, like, it had a huge drop-off in its second week in the theaters. Maybe no, that's fair, long. but maybe that was because only in the second week, the only people who saw it were people who had already seen they it. They saw it once and liked it, and everyone else that hadn't seen it They'd saw the reviews, the reviews and, like, yeah. like, fuck it. They, yeah, they listen to our sense. podcast and they're like, fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's slaying that. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Kyle. We're gonna get like... I'm single-handedly ruined Warner Brothers. Yeah, I've been up to nothing, really. Playing video games. That was it. I uh, actually beat a game I've been playing for like almost a year off and on. I was really proud of myself. I did it yesterday. Bloodborne? Nice. You ever play it? No. No. Really hard. Anyway, like, I don't know if you ever heard of like Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne, all made by the same From Software or whatever. Yeah. And uh, notoriously difficult games. Did you say there I wasn't the tagline like Prepare to Die. Yeah, that was for Dark Souls. Yeah, and uh, it's it was it was hard. I never I didn't struggle with it that bad. Like other, I just would. It's kind of like sometimes you run up against the part where you can't beat, and I would just give up and like go back a month later and then be able to beat that part. And, so it took me like three good chunks of playing it a lot and going back. But anyways, I was, I was pretty damn fucking proud of myself when I finished it yesterday. I was like, it was my day off. And I was like, yeah, no one gives a shit. If I, uh, I tried to tell like my girlfriend, oh yeah, I do this. And she was like, yeah, yeah, good for you. And I was like, damn, you don't know. This is hard. Other people who play this shit would be very like, oh yeah, good for you. Yeah, I just uh, bought and played a new game, Unravel. Uh... I just wrote a review for the game that's up on the bmoviesandebooks.com, and, uh, which will have been on the website for probably a week by the time this is out. And it was a really fun game. It was like one of the most, it was like Mario, but the most beautiful way you could ever imagine it. Just like the, the scenery and the, the graphics are just, yeah, from what I've seen of it, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Like, it made me feel like, I don't know, like a softy while I was playing it. <laughs> like, I'm, no, it's it's not an emotional game. It's just like I couldn't believe how much I got into how just beautiful I found it. Yeah. And like, because usually I get into games for like obscure reasons. Like a witness or passage. Or like, this was just like, oh my God, like this looks nice. I want to go on a walk here. Like, you know what I mean? This is a damn charming, good looking yeah. game. Um, uh, <laughs> like I said, I feel like a softy when I yeah, talk about. No, it. that's fine. No, like you can <laughs> damn fine game. Damn fine. Game. <laughs> well, you liked it because it probably brought something up in you that you hadn't really gotten it. Well, I, I even wrote in the review. For some reason, it came to me. That, do you guys remember the I Spy books? Well, I liked that. I did when the you, review and yeah, like, like when we were kids. Okay, I read, I read that comment, and for some reason, I was like, oh man, I must have 
read those books. You mean like the ones where you have to like find things? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Where's Waldo, but it's like a list of like yeah. And and there's always like really obscure like backgrounds, but there's like like artsy, nice looking, or like little 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 wooden trinkets. Yeah, find the ten. That's exactly what it reminded me of. And I get that. I immediately I like that line in the review because I was like, oh yeah, that totally. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that is what it looks like. I see. Now I've got this really. I haven't seen the game. I don't know what it's like. I've got all these different. You should play it and beat it, man. It's short. In my head. Um. But that brings me up to actually like what what I was gonna bring up as a topic. Like uh, I beat Bloodborne, and you just wrote your first review for a video game. But I was like wondering, what's your like your great achievement that you would think of be, be most proud of yourself for in, in gaming? gaming? Oh, damn. Something you did that really just—I can think of a few, but I don't know about the greatest. Like, all like right off the bat, just for how far I got in the witness without help. I'm really yeah, proud of myself. I get that. That's I can't. I don't have the patience. Or just to do teach for it. Yeah, because never in my life I've been a patient gamer. But yeah. especially when it comes to puzzle games, I'm like, fuck this. I don't. That's not why I play video games. But the fact that I was teaching myself how to solve shit in that game, mm. I was pretty happy about that. But I don't know. I'm sure I can think of something better. What about you, Greg? Well, for how little games I play, I think how far I got into Metal Gear is was pretty good. Which one, like the first one? Well, I mean, I think I'd be like four of them, maybe five. But you haven't played, yeah, okay, yeah, like one through four. Yeah, like I did pretty good. For yeah. Not like those aren't novice games, I don't think. No, the early ones I had trouble with. Like, if like I went when back I, to try like, to play them when now, I beat the first one, like for PlayStation One, like I felt like a proper gamer because there were people out there that I didn't hadn't finished that game. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's a tough game, especially like there's weird. I know, like the. I think you told me the story of like that throwing rocks at someone's window to figure out. Yeah, my buddy lived just down the street, and uh, he got me into it. And so, like, he would just come over and just watch me play. Like, he played it so often, he was just down with watching me play it. And then, yeah, one night I just you know I couldn't call his house. It was like you know that time, so just like snuck down the street, just walked at <laughs> his window. He woke up. He wasn't even angry. He was like. But, you know, angry at first, and it's like, oh, man, in Metal Gear, something, something. He's like, oh, nice. Like, it made him real happy. He's kind of like a weird. <laughs> so I think just the idea that this ever happened to him, just, you know, he felt pretty good about it. Nice. That's cool. That's a weird story. Like, like that's normally reserved for a romantic gesture. Throwing <laughs> rocks in the window. window. So like Greg's like standing there. How the hell did I get this pro- past this problem in Metal Gear? <laughs> that's cool. What about you, Kyle? Well, uh, Bloodborne, obviously, I was like, Super stoked. Uh, I Those games are fucking hard. And I've played pretty much all of them and enjoyed every one. Like, well, not like there's only one Bloodborne, but I played the other Souls games. And uh, Is this Bloodborne like a different style or something? Uh, so there, first there was Demon Souls, which is a game that was published by PlayStation. Uh, and is owned, <laughs> like the IP is owned by Sony. And... Uh, it came out for PlayStation 3 exclusively, like, years and years ago. And then, didn't do that well, so then Dark Souls was published, like, again, they kind of, like, split it off in its own thing. It was pretty much the same, exact same game, or, like, style of game, but had a different title, because Sony owned the other one. And that got really popular, and then the same makers made Bloodborne as another Sony exclusive. So it's, like, all in the same, like, they're very much play similarly, like, with little differences, obviously. But Bloodborne is not like a, the Dark Souls games are like high fantasy, you know, sword and armor, 
like, you know, sorcery, that kind of thing, like Lord of the Rings style, where Bloodborne is like a gothic London kind of, uh, I guess, H.P. Lovecraft style game. Oh, okay, man, yeah, I know. I know like werewolves know. and beings of, from another universe. Yeah, kind of steampunky yeah, at times. It's not really... I wouldn't say steam... None of the technology is, like, based off of steam. But I get where Greg's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, like there's goggles. There's goggles. You can put goggles on your character, so I immediately understand where he's coming from. But anyway, it, so I played all those, and I'd gotten right to the very last boss in Demon Souls and never finished it. I got frustrated and gave up. Played all the Dark Souls games when they, like, came out just to try them out and, like, got them on the cheap or whatever. But never finished them. And this one I was like dedicated. Especially because Dark Souls 3 comes out in a couple weeks. And I want to buy it. But I was like I can't justify buying it if I didn't beat the last one. I want to be able to fucking say I did it. So I came back and set my mind to it and finished it. So I was really pretty fucking proud of myself to get through one of these things. And anyway. The, the other one I think of though is Super Mario 64. Okay. I was a little Great kid. Game. Great game. My big. It's big, yeah, for a kid, it felt huge. Like, now I could probably sit down and beat that game pretty quickly. But back then, it was tough and felt insurmountable to get, like, you know, beat Bowser at the end. You gotta get your 80 stars or whatever to beat him in the first time. Or, last time. And uh, I remember getting really close and, like, my mom, like, you know, you tell your mom you're a little kid. I'm not very old. I don't know how old. But telling her, like, oh, I'm getting close. And she, like sat down in the living room and watched like as I was getting close. So I was like, I'm going to go fight Bowser for the last time. And then my dad sat down and watched, started watching. I think my uncle came over no somewhere similar time of the day. And like, so I had parts of my family, like my brother, my parents, and my uncle like, watching me, like high pressure situation, try to beat, like throw, like I sucked at the game a little kid, but like determined to beat Bowser this last time, sit down and finally do it and be like, Throw my arms up in the air like fuck yeah, and like get the pat on the back from dad box. like you did it, kid. <laughs> throw you up on their shoulders and pray. You know the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of my my actual. I don't know if it's the greatest like achievement, but my my greatest memory in gaming, and it's probably the best moment was when I was a child in kindergarten. My best friend Ryan Stewart's grandmother babysitted us before school. And uh, he had a Super Nintendo, and every morning we'd play Donkey Kong Country, because that game's fucking sick. Yeah, it's a good game. And, like, I'm pretty sure there was, like, a two-player mode where it would just alternate, and, like, you would just, yeah, like, once you die, you would just go to the other player, and you would just keep going. And I would always, I, I was not as good as him. Yeah. He was really, it was his game, he was really good at it, and I'd die, and he'd always make fun of me, and my dream was to, uh be better than him. And as a child, I had night terrors. And my mom, trying to do all this homeopathic weirdos, it's not a weirdo, she's great, but she's always trying to find, like, other ways to cure things. And she bought me these little things called worry dolls. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they look like little voodoo dolls. And you take them, and you say, like, oh, I, tomorrow I'm worried that this will happen. I hope it doesn't happen. You put it on your pillow, and it's supposed to take care of it. So, the one night I grab it, I'm like, I'm worried tomorrow I'm going to get my ass kicked in Donkey Kong. <laughs> awesome. Great worry. I Night terror worthy worry. <laughs> I hope I do better. And I put it under, and the next day, he could not do anything. He just kept fucking dying 10 seconds into every game, and I was kicking ass. 
I was doing so good. Eventually, he ripped the controller out of my hands, grabbed the fucking Super Nintendo, yanked the cards out of the TV, and threw it across the room. And we were <laughs> never allowed to play it again. Man, that's like some voodoo <laughs> shit. That's awesome. I know, man. That's like one like, of my top two fears. What, I'm not break, saying breaking it, your Super Nintendo. No, black magic. I'm not oh. saying it worked, but it but worked. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So yeah, conquering my buddy in Donkey Kong Country using yeah. black magic was one of my greatest moments in gaming history. It's one of my greatest fears. Uh, yeah. your black magic. <laughs> that reminds me of another one though. First time I remember beating my like I've cousins older than me cousins. I was like one of the younger people in my extended family. And they'd always, like, they were athletic people, you know? Good, way better than me in every sport I ever played. I was always kind of, like, played in the bottom league of most things. They were, like, oh, the rep league of everything, you know? Never quite lived up to the rest of the family as far as being athletic. Uh, but, like, I remember beating my cousin at NHL at a pretty young age, like, like uh, on Sega or N64 or whatever it was at the time. And the first time doing that, being pretty fucking proud of myself, being like, you might be king of the athletic world, but in here, this is my house. <laughs> Walking around with a I, bit I, of a I, for the next I, I'm six years younger than you, and I'll wreck your shit at some NHL. <laughs> and yeah, feeling pretty proud when I first did that. Yeah, I was never really competitive when it came to video games, but like, when you back in the day, when you only had so many games, and like, you just got your ass kicked oh, man, every you day. so Competitive into like Dragon Ball Z games. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what you got in there. Those were like some arguing matches. Like for what system? The PS2, I think. Probably yeah. PlayStation One didn't have any ones that came to America that were Dragon Ball Z. I remember a friend of mine had an import copy. These yeah, the titles for these games. I played downloaded versions of shit. I can't even tell you what they were called. Like Dragon Ball Z, Budokai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, Budokai something fucking four (laughs) seventeen. They were fun though. I mean, we. Get really argumentative and yelling, and there'd be. Like I remember and it was it was a day one time when I went over to your place, and it was there was some big game got released that day, and I can't remember what the fuck it was. And I had bought it, was super excited about it, and played it for a bit, and it was like a Friday or whatever, or no, it was, well, it wasn't Friday because games don't come on Friday. But anyway, that night I went over to Greg's place, and you had told me like you and Justin had gone to the game store that day, and like you walked in, and the guy went like. Oh, you're here for this? Like, it was like a Grand Theft Auto or something popular. And he's like, nah, nah, hook me up with that new Dragon Ball Z game. And he was like, what? <laughs> and you and Justin were the only people going into that EV games that day. I like this, whatever crazy game it was. It was something really popular. It was like a new Halo or fucking something like that. Man, we spent, I remember, like, for the longest time, all we cared about was I Heart Katamari and Dragon Ball Z games. You guys yeah. are just really Asian, I heard. Oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like block, like in a basement with pillows in the window, so you had no time frame what day it was, and basically just like twenty four hours of napping and playing video games. Like you just lose track of what time it was. Ordering pizza, so there's a whole lot of weed in there too. Oh yeah, but ordering pizza like up until like two thirty in the morning, and then again at like eleven. So you just you know you had pizza all the time. It was a really disorienting time. Like you had no idea what time of the day it was. To have that much spare time, eh? That would be fantastic. Oh, yeah, this is fucking years no, that's ago. When you were now it's hard school, to get right? three of us yeah. together to have like. an hour to do a podcast. Let alone, oh, you can get a bunch of friends together to spend three nights awake, like, all day <laughs> playing whatever fucking game it was. Yeah. No one asked for, you know, no responsibility. Well, see, this all reminded me of 
our buddy Sam's garage where we would just sit there and drink and smoke pot and rot away. Like about a dozen of us every single day in our buddy's parents' garage. Yeah. But we had an N64 and it was like 2009. But we were still rocking. Yeah, the we Xbox still... 360 was available. <laughs> yeah. There, that, that wasn't, no one could afford that shit. No, <laughs> but then we rocked the Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah. And that got competitive. Yeah. Who is your Smash Brothers character? In the first one? Yeah. I played Kirby. Kirby, you're a little off. See, Everyone all the, all the Kirby slimy, really good players always pick Kirby, like Mitchie C. No, Mitchie C will wreck your shit with Ness. He he got so good at that stuff, he was playing the worst characters possible and wrecking everybody. Yeah. And Mitch would only, you get, get mad when I'd beat him with Kirby, because I was at least confident enough to pull that Smash Bros. never hit Kingston, eh? Um, well, I wasn't really here for that. I wasn't. No. Uh, like, I don't know, like, Justin and shit, like, everyone else plays him. Again, I'm not, like, the gamer guy. And Nintendo and I never really clicked. Yeah, you're a PlayStation guy through and through. You've always been. Yeah. But, yeah, most other people grew up on the Nintendo. I remember, like, as a kid, wanting a PlayStation 1. And then this, like, a friend of mine got a 64. So I was really jealous. And, like, I, I told him, I was like, no, I want a 64. And when we got it, I never even used it. And first chance I got, I got a PlayStation 1. And that was, like, how, how we start with, like, <clears throat> being, like, that's how you start. Like, I got a brother. And how we start splitting and buying two of everything. Just because uh, we had like the 64 we shared, I was like, no, nah, this is stupid. I don't want it. I want PlayStation 1. My brother was like that. I We'd get the like first console, it'd be like, oh, we decide we're going to get the 64. And then we got it for Christmas as a gift or something like that, right? And then he would never, I, I, maybe it was just he was sick because I was playing it all the time and I would never let him give it to him. And then it was like his birthday would come around, he'd, he'd be saving up every little you bit of You guys are both older had, brothers. And he'd buy the yeah, fucking I know, new one. Like, that's not the point. I mean, I just, I genuinely yeah, just didn't like it. the Nintendo. <laughs> I love the so. Nintendo. See, I was always I was happy to keep the old one. Just Game likes very yeah. certain games, basically just Zelda, Pokemon. That's only th- in That's Mario. A- Mario's yeah. a cool like franchise. Pokemon, Pokemon, yeah, and Final Fantasy, I guess is. Well, now that's no, a Sony not thing. anymore. Yeah, it yeah. used to be a Nintendo thing, and then when yeah. Final Fantasy VII came out, that was like solidified it as a PlayStation thing, and now it's pretty much thought of yeah. as that now. Um. Well, I was just going to ask you guys out of uh. Any old video game franchises, what's something you want to see, re- like, a, a new sequel for? Oh, like, bring it back? Like an old bring it one? back, reboot it, do a sequel for it. For video game? Yeah. There's kind of, like, there's, like, Super Mario 6 I'm pumped for Red, Red Dead 2. Oh, they, yeah. That's, that's, that. that's not that old, though. But, yeah, I, well, I think of, like, Super Mario 64. They did, like, Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Kind of sequels. They're, like, you know, in that same vein as a 3D Mario. Yeah. But uh, they haven't done just an actual, like, back in the castle. I would just play a remake of Super Mario 64. If they just made it look newer. Yeah. And just, they haven't done that? They did it for the Nintendo DS, but it didn't really look any fucking better. Yeah. Because it's, it's on the portable, Nintendo DS. Yeah. And the controls were shit because it was on a DS. Like, I hated that first system. Didn't have a joystick on the original one, only a D-pad. That's not good for controlling Mario. What about you, Greg? I'm just trying to think, like, all the... Most fun I've had playing games were Star Wars games. So, I don't know, yeah. I really think, like, they did just redo Battlefront. Though I was saying, remember, like, that Republic Commando, where it was, like, the Tom Clancy games? Oh, it was, like, but yeah, I think it's Republic Commando, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, where you're, like, a, kind of, like, a SWAT team of yeah, Stormtroopers. Yeah, that'd be a fun game that, like, I don't know, online play has gotten pretty good. 
Because uh, I think that was like a one-player game that you played, right? Single, uh, I don't know if there was like, multiplayer in that. I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. Maybe not. But I, maybe if, the, if there was online play, I didn't have internet capabilities for that back in the day. So I wouldn't play it by myself. Yeah. But nowadays, like with online shit, I think that'd be a fun game. But again, that's just games that are already out that just aren't Star Wars. See, I'm just hoping and praying every day. Some days crying. Yeah? You really get teary-eyed, <laughs> Yarny style? Hoping <laughs> that they make fucking Skate 4. Oh, yeah! Fuck! Skate 4. That is the right. game that needs to be made, man. <laughs> oh, yeah? That franchise was... It changed skateboarding games. It managed to take Tony Hawk, which was widely accepted as a great game, and make it look like an arcade And then the joke. new Tony Hawk sucked ass. Yeah, it was Tony garbage. Yeah. So, I... I'm pretty sure there's some legal reasons why they can't do a new one. I think they probably have trouble getting some of the pro skaters, but they don't really need that. I don't care if the pro skaters aren't in it. No. Just put... The game mechanics. Yeah, just make it with... I create my own dude, and I'm skating with a bunch of nobodies in an open world. I'm fine. Like that's I think they have a, a street league skateboarding game, but I don't think it's I've the same. I've never seen it, no. EA made the... Uh, Skate. Skate games, and like, you know, they... They did a solid job, because well, they used the whole toggle system, which they do for all their sports games. And oh, like the right stick thing? Yeah, and like, it gets... Like, the fact for, for like, you're setting up your tricks, like, where you're put, putting your toes where you would on a real skateboard, that's fun for real skateboarders to do. Yeah, the technicality. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I go up a ramp, and I can do a 900 right away just because I can hold right on a stick for long enough. You know, it actually takes a little bit of... And like you can crank, crank the difficulty up in it to the point where if you don't land I, straight, where I can fall. do tricks in real life that I can't do in a game. Because <clears throat> yeah. like the physics, like I guess the physics aren't proper, but it makes it that hard. Yeah, and it's fun to play a sports game that way, you know. Yeah, that's cool. You're right. Those are those are great games. Yeah, like those that a lot. Needs to be fun and it's right. dead for some reason. And there's no good skateboarding games anymore. Nothing. It feels like skateboarding in general just kind of dropped off the fucking map. Like when we were kids. I don't know, man. I know you're still into the scene it's, a bit, and like you're paying attention. In the scene, it's big as ever. But it's like I, it used to be so mainstream. Like everybody. Maybe it was just because I was younger. Like maybe that's still a thing for kids. Like they they got to go buy their first board. And See, I think it's it. become a little more yuppie. The whole skateboard scene. A lot of longboards and... Uh, well, no, I'm talking <laughs> about where, like, back in the day, skateboarders were, like, the, the extreme guys. That, like, they were kind of like the badasses. Where these it was days, like, it was mixed where with these the days, scene. Where these days were, like, half the skateboarders are hipsters. Yeah, you know well, I mean? that's, that has to do with the punk scene kind of blending into the hipster scene. You know thing. I guess so, but the, the whole being a punk and being a skateboarder is nothing like it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah. They, they but were, you're right. Like, I don't know. at least here where we are, they kind of grew up hand in hand. It was like, yeah, you played, you skateboarded, you played Tony Hawk, you listened to some like music that you know those games introduced you to. You got into the more hardcore version of that music. You yeah. became a punk. Like, at least this was my path of growing up, and like, <laughs> and then you still skateboarded on occasion, and then now you're. Uh, you're basically a yuppie, and you probably own a fucking longboard, and you cruise <laughs> to your high-paying six-figure job, <laughs> like going down the hills. For so this isn't success. your story. No, anymore. no, they cut off there. <laughs> but then that's what it happened. Yeah, fuck, I hate longboards. Yeah, I like how you give shit to longboarders in front of fucking whenever you're on the street. I've heard you yell at them, <laughs> and also anyone wearing salmon-colored pants, which is those are both funny reasons to yell at someone. But you do it the most passive-aggressive way possible. Like, hey man, nice longboard. Or hey man, sick salmon. 
Well, uh, yeah, but at least I do pass aggressively where I can be like, you look like a fucking douchebag. Yeah, like, I've a, also seen you do that thir- how much you've had to drink. Yeah, there's a good 30% <laughs> chance that he might actually think I'm complimenting him and have a really nice day because of it. Yeah, there you go. You're lifting him up, man. <laughs> yeah. very, very slim chance. Lift him up before you knock him down. <laughs> That's fucked. Yeah, you're right, though. Skate is a good game. They should come back. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something else. Like, there hasn't... All the good games get 20,000 Gold Goldeye 2. <laughs> they remade Goldeneye beat for beat with Daniel Craig on the Wii. Really? Yeah. Daniel Craig? Yeah. They put him in. Like, in Goldeneye. Yeah, in Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> and then you still, but you had a fucking Wii controller. It was weird. I played it with, uh, like, my old roommate at the time and, like, but to, like, zoom in, you literally had to, like, lean into the, like, with the stupid that's Wii weird. pointer. The controls were shit. They were worse than the N64. I remember And like, that's some bad fucking controller. Like paintball mode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like DK mode. Big head mode. Yeah, it was yeah, like all the awesome shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like Man, that guns. game, well, the concept thinking back is so hilarious where you would have four guys playing against each other, but on a screen basically the size of my laptop, divided by four, Yeah. and we could all see what each other are doing. Yeah, but it had something <laughs> to do with the, like, the low poly... Look of the game, you Bro, could tell what was all going the scenery on. looked the same, so you yeah, couldn't really screen peek. So it didn't peek. really matter, and and even when you were screen peeking, it, it took a little bit of skill to do it, and and because things were simple and shapes were simple, how it did didn't it get take, so confusing. How does it take skill? No, you don't wait to like run down a hallway so because you, you like, like you said, because everything looks the same. You really had to know the map, like you couldn't. Yeah, just be but like, we knew the map after yeah. a while. Oh yeah, I hear. <laughs> There's actually That's a game, man, yeah. an indie game that came out recently. I don't know if it's officially out or if it's still in early access, but I think it's called Screensheet is the game. And it's like, it seems to me like it revolves around Goldeneye, like that inspiration where your character himself is invisible. And the only way to know where the other person is, is by screensheeting. The whole point is to like four players split screen, four people on the map, and you're mm. judging where the other person is off of what you see. That's very interesting. I feel... Like, that would get frustrating after a while. But it's a cool idea. I haven't yeah. played it myself. But I thought it was like, that's pretty smart. But the problem of getting four people in a fucking room to play that. Because well, it's useless online. Well, an experimental game like that serves its purpose. Because maybe right now, that might be boring. But they can use an element of that it's in a different cool, way yeah. to do something cool. Yeah, it's usually how any games work, right? It's just like this one idea that eventually gets implemented into that. bigger games. And yeah, I'm surprised no one's really problems. ripped off like Fez or anything yet. You know? Well, I would say that Fez kind of early inspires into Witness, the Witness. Those are both indie games. For one no, I'm talking about just like the simple like changing, oh, the rotate the rotating a 2D world. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. But I guess really those there's not big games that are 2D anymore, other than Mario. And in fairness, they did. I'll name you the one. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Played that? You almost couldn't say that. <laughs> I said it fine. Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. No, that is a... No, uh, I've never played that. So it's a Nintendo game. Uh, it was like a... Kind of... It wasn't like a full price game. It's like their version of a cheaper game or whatever. Uh, but there is like that rotating uh, four-dimensional... Like, or sorry, three-dimensional cube. And you can only really see it from a certain aspect. And you're spinning it around to be able to reveal different sides of the cube to, like, navigate your way through it. So Nintendo did kind of a little, a little bit rip that off. Hmm. Well, yeah, so we should bring back a few games, and a few games should stay dead. 
Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the that. opinion. Uh, we'll take a short break right now, and we'll be back in a minute. Awesome. That I'm going to check great. that I mean, out later. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about that I just like. I actually, I don't think she's listened to Ah uh, episode yet. <laughs> it's so good. It's and it's, still scary, it's, right? It makes me uncomfortable. Oh, scary shit. New episodes every Tuesday. A B and D Network podcast. Scary as shit. We're not that scary. And we're back. So, uh, Cody, what do you? You got something to go with? Well, yeah, I was kind of making fun of myself the other day because every once in a while I find a top 40 song catchy. And that disappoints you? It really fucking kills me inside. Like you lost. Just because you like a top. You like Kanye. That's different, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, no, just hear me out. So, right. I, the other day I'm just humming uh, this song while I was working in the restaurant. Just humming it along. I'm like, this song's pretty catchy. Like, who, who sings that? And they're like, Justin Bieber. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I fucked up by asking that question. He's a homegrown Canadian, man. That's the disappointment. Yeah, I know, but like... Still uh, I don't know. You know me. I, I'm in underground shit. I'm, kind of, underground. I'm kind of a hipster dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, for a man who hates hipsters as much as you do, man, you I, suddenly I, be disappointed in yourself about liking I, Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah, his new song. Unironically. His new song is fucking catchy. <laughs> And I was really disappointed in myself for liking that. But I was going to ask you guys, uh, what Guilty Pleasure songs do you guys have? Or have had over the years? I know you probably have a bunch. But you don't even consider them Guilty Pleasures. <laughs> no, see, because he's a fucking regular-ass human. If you like the song, you like the fucking song. Who yeah. cares? You're, you're, you're judging your merit on, like, I shouldn't like this, so fuck, <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Right, what, you're yeah. saying that's not a real thing? No, no I'm thing, saying people but have that, but that's a dumb fucking thing to have. <laughs> So what, you're going to say you don't even have one then? I don't know. Man, like, I, if I listened to a Justin Bieber song on the radio, I wouldn't even know, number one, same as you. I don't fucking listen to the radio or have any idea what a Top 40 song is. You wouldn't even find it catchy because you're a goddamn robot. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. The music I like is mostly probably fucking ridiculous, like, 80s shit or something that is... Would be considered like other people like ironically or something like that. Yeah, you can get and, away with that these days. But, but I just you know I don't. That's what I like. So if I like it, it's not a guilty thing. I just like it and then just move on. Yeah. I I don't know. I listen to to a lot of a lot a lot of new country. Yeah, oh yeah. It's so I mean, like oh, it's you bad. fucked up our YouTube feed. Yeah, it's pretty bad, and I know that's bad. Eh? So because like what name drop? Oh, dude, it's embarrassing. No, that's the point. Name drop. <laughs> he, yeah, he said he liked Justin Bieber. You got someone yeah, worse than that? Yeah. Who in the public eye is considered terrible? I mean, like, I know the words to some Luke Bryan songs. I don't even know who that guys is. exactly. It's good. Well, some listeners might. I know. <laughs> and I mean, Jason Aldean's alright, but I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't, I like old country more. I mean, Merle Haggard just died. We had a moment of silence yesterday. Where? Here in the apartment where you buy yourself? Well, you like he, talk he yourself? well, like he texted me and he said, Merle Hager died, and I didn't reply for like five minutes. That was your moment of silence. <laughs> you did, so, does that mean there's a moment of silence between all of our text message conversations? Because fucking, you're the, you're both the worst to getting back to somebody quickly. He's <laughs> so, always paying respects, man. <laughs> Merle Hager died, man. No, Take I was at the bar. I was at the bar, and 
I was with some people and they were actually quite upset. We all took our hats off. We had a sh- round of shots and we threw some roll on the radio. I don't even know. So no, no, no idea who that is. You don't know? No. We were I listen- mean, I, 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 I assume I've listened to it by. We were listening to him before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He passed away. That's that's sad. He died he on his something. birthday. That's kind of weird. It's pretty epic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That is that that is weird. That doesn't happen very often. I no, assume. there's something cool about that. Yeah. And he just rounded it, it up. Makes sense. Even numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I mean, that's more comfortable. That's kind of sweet. Like on his grave. Just like, the same just date. The, yeah, years. just the one date. Yeah. And people would be all confused. Oh, shit, I don't know. Probably not. It's probably pretty obvious. What so happened. you put birthdays on? Like you put years on graves? No, but right? I would put the date and then just because it happened on the birthday. Yeah, like, yeah this I make an exception. I'm putting April or whatever on it. It's neat. Sad though. But no, I've never <laughs> felt guilty about listening to Merle Haggard. What's what? Actually, yeah, what? What's? Yeah. I agree. <laughs> what's the celebrity death that bugged you the most? Uh, Heath Ledger, probably. Really? Yeah, because to be honest, guilty pleasure again. You like the Night's Tale? No, I like ten <laughs> things I hate about you. Right. See, I, I didn't feel guilty about liking a nice tail. Okay. I, I, I did like a nice tail. <laughs> That's fair. But I, I was really into ten things I hate about you growing up, and it was, I was—I liked the Batman movie he was into, and I thought he was a solid actor. And I remember being like, "Oh fuck, damn!" People I I like that aren't old are gonna start dying because I was fairly young, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. I guess we weren't that old. I wasn't now. fairly young, but I was at the age where like, but now it's like every year people I respect. Are passing yeah, out, you exactly. Know? Like the things you grew up with. And it's just going to be more and more because we know more people. No, for me, know? it was it was Robin Williams. And it was like, yeah, like I, I watched Aladdin. I loved that as a kid. You know, Hook, one of my favorite movies ever. And like I watched his stand up as I was a kid, and like for some it, reason I wasn't surprised by that. It wasn't necessarily surprising, but it's sad. I, I it was very sad. sad. Yeah, that one that one busted me up. Uh, you, Greg? Uh, who, who made you cry? Well, I was a little shook when Han died. <laughs> all right i'll take that as a, that's Greg's answer that's his real answer that, that is <laughs> all right speaking of con dying though today was or at least today it's was so recording. easy to segue back into star wars <laughs> uh was especially when release... you talk about star wars yeah. so it was the release of the rogue one trailer which for like i suppose most people the first time they've seen any of those trailers there was a leaked trailer that came out uh Almost a year ago, probably. Yeah, that was weird. It was all like it was a Comic Con on one. someone's phone, yeah. Basically, uh, but anyway, you guys watch it? Yeah, I think my opinion might be a little controversial. Oh yeah, all right, hit me with it. Yeah, believe it or not, he didn't. Well, just right off the bat, there is it. It doesn't have the epicness of any of the Star Wars movies. It is it is a spinoff movie through and through. That's what it seems. Should they not reserve Look, the evidence yeah. though for? Well, why fucking make it at all? No, but it if it's not like... going to be the, if you're going to make a movie, make it the best fucking movie ever. Well, why? What's to Don't... say this isn't a great movie? It just doesn't seem like it's. It's just going to be all references, and nothing is going to have the substance that. Well, one day we'll look back on it and we'll be like, oh, that rogue, that rogue one, that really set set the path for what happened. Okay. So it's not part of the main storyline. No, I just feel like it's, it's, it's not pushing the plot forward. It's filler. Well, yeah, I mean, it literally is a filler plot line. Yeah, I get, I get that. And literally, last week we did uh, both of us rip on Greg for liking, yeah, the, no, that, all of that stuff. I, yeah. I get, yeah. But and I guess like I want to know what you guys think though, because me and Greg watched it, but we didn't really talk about it. 
Like, I got, I watched it really quickly. I mean, I could watch it. But and you don't like <laughs> trailers in general. No, I don't like trailers if I don't know anything about the movie, okay? So, like, I'll watch, no, I love watching trailers if the trailer's not going to ruin the movie for me. You know, like, if I'm not running risk of being tricked in the trailer. So, I mean, like, watching a trailer for a Star Wars movie, I have no risk. I'm going to enjoy that movie. The trailer's not going to ruin it. Why can't it. they trick you just as much as any other trailer? Uh, they might be able to, but ultimately it's... You're, you're still upset about Inception. You know, that's, that trailer, you were st- you always bring this <laughs> up, and this is, this is exactly what I was going to bring up as a point. Tr- you're upset about Inception because you thought that movie was going to be something else, and it ended up being a heist movie, and you were upset about it. Correct? Yeah, that's huh? basically true. This movie is a fucking heist movie. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we know that going in. <laughs> okay, so you're fine with it. But you were so mad that that was a heist movie. I just won't ever let that happen again. I'm just not going to get tricked by movie trailers. So, I mean, I'm only going to watch movie trailers if I've already wanted to see the movie beforehand. You know, if, if I don't know anything about the movie and, like, I see a trailer, I'm not going to... That's not enough. Like, the, I don't care to see a trailer because trailers are meant to lie to I've me. seen you shake in giddiness when a Keanu Reeves trailer comes on in the theater on multiple occasions. I'm, that you're only really, like, like reaffirming my point. Just, you would have saw it because it's Keanu Reeves. All right, fair enough. I get it. All right, point taken. <laughs> um, another thing I thought that was really weird with it is that they're going with another female lead. I don't have a problem with it. Cody but... hates women. <laughs> <laughs> another one of them Jew flakes in their women. <laughs> oh, Callback to a dark moment. <laughs> no, to be honest, anybody that wasn't listening to other podcasts thinks that I'm being racist, oh, it's not yeah, Cody. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, yeah. So that... Throws you off, or you're surprised? No, I, I'm or? just. I, I. I think it's a weird choice by them. I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's. Uh, they knew that that last one. Well, I guess they didn't know it was going to be successful, but it had a female lead in seven. That worked out fine for them. I like Ray a lot. I'm happy that this is another female lead. They they had like thirty goddamn years of male leads in Star Wars and be, almost no female characters. I don't so know. Who else was casting it? Because I know we saw Forrest Whitaker in it, but I feel like that there were some other main like pretty famous people I cast in that movie. I almost want to look at the Yeah, the I only watched it there. like one quick way through and yeah, Forrest Whitaker was the only face I recognized. Which was surprising because I didn't know he was gonna be in that and I was like, Forrest Whitaker. I just feel like it's gonna lack story. It's gonna be one of those movies. Um like I remember when I first watched Hellboy. I was expecting it to be like, oh, this introduction Great to this, movie. this big, amazing universe and all this shit that's going to go on. And oh. you get introduced to the characters, and then it's just one mission. And that's all the movie is. There's no epicness mm. to it. And I feel like that's what this is going to be. They're going to introduce us to what should be this grand thing, but it's just going to be one mission. It's like it should have been an episode of a television series. No, but I, uh, I don't know. That sounds uh, great to me. Well, and uh, Mad Mickles is going to be in it? Uh, or Mad Mickelson? Yeah, like, a, like Hannibal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, he's great. And uh, I don't even know how to say that other guy's name. Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah. The guy from Firefly. Man, I don't know. So there's going to be a lot of men in this movie. She looks like <laughs> what the fuck? I wasn't even She's actually an issue. She's the only woman in it, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, Mon Mothma. Shut up. She looks like a dude. <laughs> but, um... I don't know. To me, what you're describing is exactly what this movie's going to be. It's a heist movie. It's a team of people together for one big moment. And I love a good heist movie. I like Inception. I'm like Greg because he's crazy. And I love like Ocean's Eleven. That's another 
You're I, like I guess shaking I, your head. See, I did like Inception, but I'm like I don't trying know. to think of what was a good heist movie. Oh, uh, that animated one there with Fox and George Clooney. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. But anyway, that's probably the best heist movie. <laughs> Right. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but there you go. I don't know. I like heist movies. I'm down for Rogue One, man. I don't know. Like some of the attack scenes and mm-hmm. shit look pretty awesome. Yeah, and it looks amazing. They've got the effects nailed. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Star Wars. Like, and they're not going to skimp on the fucking special. No, effects. I think it's good because they. It's the same thing. Like they put out all these books and shit. You know, or these mini comic series. So like they're, well, they're just stories. doing. They're just doing what the superhero movies are doing. And yeah, they're not. making it into a big universe. <coughs> good. And that's I'm, good. I, I want to watch that. Yeah. Too. And maybe one, maybe five years from now, I'm going to listen to this podcast and go, Kai, you fucking idiot. They've ruined it. They've done it too much. I'm sick of Star Wars. Just like I was, you know, sick of a lot of comic book shit. But I don't know. To me, I'm so excited. It's They're riding high right now on the wave. Maybe this one sucks and then I get disappointed. And Who knows? But right now, it looks pretty good. But I did want to bring up one other thing about Star Wars that I was thinking about the other day. And and it's something that bugged me in Episode 7. And in general, it it was a scene in the trailer that made me think of it. You know, where they're putting in the, like, kind of, uh, the gun. That was my my favorite shot in the trailer. It looks cool, right? It's cool. Wait, what scene? Uh, So, like, in the trailer, it's like when they're pushing the, you know, uh, dimple into the, the Death Star. Like, where the gun part comes out. Okay. Like it's just like them finally completing like what seems like because you always wondered like how they part of the structure or it's like so that is a separate thing. Yeah, and they like push it in, and it's like them partially completing it. There's a weird thing in Star Wars that they fuck up a lot that drives me nuts, and it's a sense of scale. The universe itself seems so grand and and awesome, like this huge overarching thing with all these planets and all these individual things happening. But in certain scenes, and I'll bring it up in episode seven, like, they just weirdly don't understand how big things are, and they fucking... So, in episode seven, there's a part where, right after, spoilers for episode seven, I'm sure every listener has listened to it, after Han dies, right, and uh, Ray and Finn see it happen, and they take off into the, like, running in the planet that is the current Death Star, whatever the fuck they call it. Now. Yeah. Right? And then, suddenly... Five minutes, or like less than five minutes in movie time, uh, fucking Kylo Ren's in front of them. Just gets there, right? Suddenly in front of him, not sure how. He's got force, he's fast, I guess. Let's give him an excuse. But then they're like, uh, suddenly enough distance away from the giant thing that's exploding, as well as like, most of this planet exploding, but getting close to... Everything, when they pull back, is gigantic. There's a planet. And the distance they cover is... Just completely unrealistic yeah. when well, they would get that far. What's hilarious is you're talking about scale. The one scene, they literally show the new planet to scale to the Death Star. Yeah, and like... It, and and the Death Star is originally described the as the size of, of a small moon. That's fucking big. The amount of time it would take to cons- to overhaul a planet. Oh, it's ridiculous, right? Like yeah, it would, That would yeah. take more than 30 years, man. I don't care yeah, how many fucking weird. people they have working on this shit. Another thing. Yeah, okay, there are aliens in this universe. Fair enough. Like, yeah. in technology, it's really crazy. Laborers. Aliens. Yeah. 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 Well, just just crazy technology. I'll give them that. Like, maybe it's, you know, just something we can't fathom. They can plot skip that stuff. But the, the people running thing, people run X amount fast. And, and that's, 
like, think of the Death Star in Episode 4, right? Luke and, like, Han and Obi-Wan floating in. They get caught in the tractor beam, right? And they describe it as, oh, it's like a small moon. Let's call it a really fucking small moon, <laughs> as far as moons go. They float in there, and within, assuming under an hour or so, Obi-Wan really walks to the one tractor beam retractor <laughs> component yeah, again, of that like, whole thing. In Dragon Ball Z there... They live on that one planet thing there. The guy can run around it in like two minutes. That's a tiny planet. And, and, and it's a saying, godlike speed. And I'm just saying like... Obi-Wan's a busted asshole dude. Pluto is a big moon. And that would be a small planet. No, it's not a moon. It's a planetoid. Yeah. But whatever. So I mean it's even big. But it's still pretty small. So I mean like a small moon might be really small. I, I get you. It must, you know, like, like, it's, maybe that's a small asteroid moon. Levels. I, how, yeah. how, how quickly... What's the difference between a big asteroid and a small moon? Maybe it's maybe. I get, I get you, but I mean, clearly it's fucking huge, Greg. Like, even if it was one of those ships, you wouldn't, you would have. It would take some time to get to the important part. Okay, so like, if Neil deGrasse is listening, (laughs) Neil deGrasse Tyson, (laughs) yeah, maybe he can help us. Uh, Help us with astrophysics. Yeah, he'll be on our next podcast and he'll help us figure out. You don't need a fucking astrophysicist to understand. No, 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 we do. That it's a big place. All right. Just so we can figure out the difference between a big asteroid and a small moon. Maybe the Death Star wasn't as big as you think it was. But it looks fucking big, right? We can, we can admit that that's true. Like, it's fucking huge, and then it's weird that they keep the tractor beam as closest to the place where you bring all the ships for the tractor beam. <laughs> and that on a giant... We know the size of planets. In episode 7, you understand that you can't run between most of that planet exploding, like, and everything happens so tightly in the solaria. I get that it's all nit- I'm nitpicking. Man, but I'm all, just saying, all the he scale did was is like weird. fucking get on an elevator. It's like a light speed elevator inside the Death Star. Like, fuck. Okay, I guess you're right. It's just that I'm just saying there's a little bit of finickiness going on in the scale, and it bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of finickiness in the Star Wars plotline, but. Yeah, that's like, don't even bother. I get that, like, uh, you're just lucky. If you're, a je- like, Force-sensitive, that's basically what you have. Super luck, yeah. as well as, like, the ability to trick people. No charisma. <laughs> no, no your charisma's Jack. You can just wave your hand yeah. and, like, things happen for you. Oh, okay, I guess it's all you charisma, super luck. charisma to yeah, the point where, agility. like, you don't even you need it. You got not that big a strength. You have to be very likable. Yeah. I'm thinking more Anakin. Yeah, he's not a very likable person to us, but he was super likable in that universe. People liked him. I thought he was alright. The new episode of, or the final episode of Star Wars Rebels just came out, and it was it was pretty touching. Like, because uh, you always like kind of, you don't really see a transition point between Anakin and Darth Vader. You know, you there's like some little moments in uh, Episode Three where you know you see him. I mean, like I say, little slaying younglings. See, yeah, right. But I mean, you don't. You're still like, and then Luke saying, "Oh, you know, there's still Anakin's still in there somewhere, and he wants to find him and save him and shit." You seem like that. You don't really see this like transition. It's like very cut and dry. Anakin and then Darth Vader, but in the final episode of Rebels, it is pretty awesome. Ahsoka squares off with Darth Vader. Yeah. Right, Ahsoka being like Anakin's Padawan. So is this like post like he's in the suit of armor, mm-hmm. Vader? So yeah, I would just like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. In that you're saying that there, you don't see the transition. There's three movies of transition. No, you. Yeah, you but see the whole struggle. Like, no, but that's what like I mean. Like so they're obviously going to kill her off. 
Well, that's not obvious. What do you mean that's not obvious? We don't know that. Well, huh, we don't know. If she's fighting Darth. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were we don't know that. <laughs> no, whatever. It was good though, man. She like cuts his helmet a little bit, and you see just a little bit of his face. Mm-hmm. And so you can just see, like, half Anakin's face, half Darth, Darth Vader's face. Is it all, like, fucked up looking like so the end hair. of Jedi? You know, you know, no hair. But no, you no. see, like, kind of his eyes that look like when he's all evil in episode three. Mm. But it was good. Some touching moments and words. You burn yourself to stop. Yeah, that makes sense. Burn yourself to stop growing hair in that spot. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I, I, I would believe said this. So they said there's only one more season of Rebels. And then they're going to do a new show. So I'm excited for that. Really? Only one more season? I thought that shit had gone forever. Well, no, but it's good, though, because they there's so many time frames, right? And so this show is only this. Now, if, if they keep it going, I think it's going to come too close to episode four. Right? So now they can end this and then do another show, which maybe like is more controlled and will lead into episode four. If it's still continuing this timeline, which it looks it like they anything, doing. right? It really could be anything. But it's pretty good. I don't know, the, the season finale was phenomenal. That like Darth Maul. makes me think of a game they gotta come bring back. They gotta bring back Old Republic. Nice the Old Republic. Not the MMO Old Republic, but... Uh, well, they redid it for the for phones. Yeah, but I don't want to play that shit on my fucking phone. I want to play like a new one on consoles with awesome graphics. No, I never played that one. It was, it was like a RPG, right? Yeah. It was like a Bioware RPG. So did you ever play like Dragon Age or uh, Boulder's Gate? It was like in the vein of that, but Star Wars, and it was those were awesome. And at the time that it came out, I was too young to really appreciate how awesome they were. Those were. Players, I'd like to play that. The well, the Knights of the Republic was probably one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah, like they're they're cool. They like felt giant and like a whole. You know, you got to become a Jedi and or. At the time, though, I think that's one of the reasons why this universe got so out of hand. You know, one of the good reasons for doing a canon reboot, I would say, is the Knights of the Republic games. Like, for them to call anything that happened in those games canon was well, yeah, it's pretty fucked, because that's a huge that was a huge deal. That was a cool thing about that, though, when it came out, was we'd known Star Wars so much as just that, like, the Jedi are dead kind of thing. and It's like a... But to see them back when it was like a thriving order, and like that battle between the Sith and... Uh, the Jedi and the Republic still existing. It was, it was, yeah, it was cool to see like that. What it was like beforehand. Well, in the final, in the last episode of Rebels, uh, was it too soon for spoilers? I don't care. Cannon fucking gets hurt. You think the computer was going to tell you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at the laptop like, yeah, is it too soon? No, it's not saying anything. All right. <laughs> anyway, Cannon gets hurt and he picks up a mask and puts it on, but they're in a Sith temple. And the mask is from the battle of him, like one of the last greatest battles between Jedi and Sith. And so there's just lightsabers and masks lined around, which is kind of like a throwback, I think, to the Knights of the Republic era. Yeah, like when there was, like, yeah, the temples were everywhere. And all well, just even going to a Sith temple, you know, where Jedis would be storming a temple. That's cool. That's yeah. like a thousand years ago, at least, you know, in the Star Wars. That's something I, I love about Star Wars is that it always feels like there's all this history to it, but you don't necessarily see it all. You get a couple glimpses in those games. Does it mean. not seem like there, there's like no technological advances? Because it seemed like the world was way better off a thousand years ago or ten thousand yeah, years I, ago. Yeah, as a kid, that's me nuts. You see like the Naboo fighters, like those yellow and silver ships in the in episode one. Well, that's only like thirty years. Yeah, and they look super fancy and cool. I'm like, that ship's clearly better than the X-wing. What the fuck happened? 
<laughs> yeah, but you have to think about it. The X-Wings were rebels, so they have shitty... They have shitty stuff. I get that. TIE Fighters look pretty sleek. Yeah, I get They look distinctly, like... They didn't make the TIE Fighters look better in the new one. No, Everyone spent all their money during the Clone Wars, and then immediately after, they, like, switched to some sort of, like dictatorship. I'm sure there wasn't a lot of money going around for private resources. Yeah. It was like, and they no, weren't no, about flashing After the Clone Wars, it's like you're not allowed to have a private army. Like, fuck that. You're Naboo fighters all got grounded and fucking put in a storage unit. That's probably true. Well, that makes sense. for parts. No, it, it totally makes sense when I think about it, but as a kid, it bothered me. I was like, why? These look so cool. It's like a Ferrari of co- like spaceships. <laughs> And then we're dealing with, like, this fucking beater Buick that the Rebels are using. So, speaking about money going around in the Star Wars universe, I'm sure we've all spent a pretty penny on their merchandise. Like, Greg, you have all the new comics. Yeah. Kyle, like, what stuff have you collected from Star Wars? Do you have action figures back in the day or anything? Oh, uh, I got a bunch of it. I have a stupid... I have a Force Effects lightsaber <laughs> I spent a bunch of money on. I have a Lego Millennium Falcon that I also <laughs> spent a bunch of money yeah, on. I, I buy t-shirts and all that shit. When I was a child, when episode one came out, I collected all the pop cans, which are actually on display That's right a cheap of. collectible that you still flaunt. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's weird. <laughs> it's not cheap. Some of them are empty. Uh, yeah, the, like, I had a hunt in, oh, like, multiple you. cities in different stores. How I, many are there? I would open, there's like, I don't know, 24? No, like, probably 20. I would like open. Yeah, I would open cases in the stores and like peek in, see what the characters were, and not buy that case. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a, I. I remember being on the hunt for shit like that, but it wasn't Star Wars cans as a kid. It was like Pokemon, like shit like that. I was going to ask you guys, like, what obscure shit have you collected? Like, shit, that's just, like, not regular stuff to collect, like, hockey cards or Pokemon cards. Well, yeah, see, that's that's where I go. It's always, it, I was, uh, it was all about the fads, really, as a kid. It was, like, yeah, it was the Pokemon cards. It was the Crazy Bones. Yeah, yeah I never did the Crazy Bones. Yeah. I don't know if that's a worldwide thing. I'd be interested to hear if anybody commented, like, what the fuck are Crazy Bones? You weird Canadians collect <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a big one. I don't know, like, obscure shit. Nothing, really. Like, nothing... Nothing mm-hmm. at all. Like when I collect something, it's like. It's well, what about you, Greg? Your shelves are full of weird shit. Yeah, a lot of memorabilia, but it's always Star Wars stuff, I guess. Right <laughs> yeah, now, it is mostly Star Wars. I stuff, love Star Wars action figures and uh, you know a lot of comic books on display. It's good though. It's good for the soul. Have a hobby. Well, like collecting in general, I like these days. With, with having a pull list and shit, we're obviously collectors. Well, you know what? I'm sorry to go back. It's These might be kind of obscure, but it, the hobby's not obscure, but what, the ones that we have are, and that's autographs. You know, we were doing pretty good against some autographs. Yeah, pretty much Actually, like... we got a lot of autographs. It feels a little cheesy. Well, with a comic guy, it's normal, but like, we've been getting some musicians' autographs. Lately, when you're drunk, is yeah, you're right. It's like, you don't want to be that guy, but... You just like pound a Mickey of whiskey and just become that that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you just say fucking. But suck. when you wake up the next morning, it's cool to have. You Your know? moment of shame is washed away, and you see an autograph on something. You know, we've got a nice autograph collection, so that well, it, it's building, and hopefully yeah. we get some good stuff in the future. Well, especially with TCAF coming up in about a month, me and Greg are talking about going to that. That's Man, gonna be a great time. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Jeff Lemire. If you haven't, <laughs> you should just listen to any of our podcasts. But Jeff Lemire's gonna be there. So yeah, TCAF. It's it's. One of the comic conventions in downtown Toronto, it's basically shadow in the shadow of Fan Expo, but in my opinion, it's a far superior experience. 
it's, less crowds. And it's more for the alternative well, co- comic enthusiasts. Would you say it's like less, I don't want to say gimmicky, but like... There's... there's I, I'm pretty sure the, I'm pretty, like, okay, yeah, well, like it's not... The deal is, I'm pretty sure the rule is there's no Marvel and DC in the entire building. That's a rule? Well, that's... There they is, can sell the, the No, no, there is none in the whole place. It's all creator-owned stuff. Oh, Am I wow. to bring in so my like, Marvel and DC? So, like, if I go in, I can't go buy a Star Wars t-shirt? No. That's kind of cool, then. I like that. It's Where all it's not, people selling their own stuff. Because all Fan Expo became... It's a big just, mall that you pay to get into. It's a nerd mall. Man, it's the best place in town at that time of year to buy a sword. <laughs> that sword guy is awesome. You're oh, not going to find any yeah. other sweaty but they have sword, sword guys salesman. at King Kong, or they did. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the popular sword. Anyway, sword. yeah. Now that guy might be a sword salesman. This guy's a sword hustler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slick back hair. Hold this for a second, I, my friend. Tell me you don't want this. And you're also, just like, the most dangerous island fan expo to walk down because every time I was near it, someone would be holding a sword and almost stab you in the fucking face with it. Yes. They slightly bring it back to like make a pose for a picture. Oh man! And catch you in the <laughs> eye. Greg's holding his yeah. eyes, just yeah. like terrifying. Well, that's what it's like, though. It's terrifying. But yeah, there, there's some really good names announced for uh, TCAF. Brian K. Vaughn, Saga, Why the Last Man, all that great man, shit. We stand on guard. We stand on guard. I'm. He's coming. Actually, no, I'm thinking of Jeff Lemire's also going to be there, but he's coming with Emmy Lennox, the artist from, uh, what's it called? Not the kids. Plutona. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure, oh, man, you're looking at me like, oh, God, I, I know the answer, maybe. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were talking about Brian K. Vaughn's book with kids. The weird segue there. Maybe it was me. No, yeah. So they're going to be there. Chester Brown's got a new book coming out he's going to be signing for. G- Mary Wept. On the feet of Jesus. Mary wept on the feet of Jesus. It's about. Oh, he actually, he knew it. Look at that. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, that's it's a an great amazing title. It's a really good title. It's about prostitution in biblical times. I, I would assume so. Blending <laughs> blending all of his genres together. Yeah, now all. <laughs> yeah, really. But I think to be honest, it's the first book he's put out in a while that is um, that that's actually expected. It's not something that's like, why? Holy fuck! This is weird for him I, to do. I look at it as like kind of weird post prostitution revelation of Chester. Well, like he's been, he did the prostitution thing. He he's been doing the 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 gospels for years. Yeah, <laughs> he's been he's doing, been doing the, the gospels for for over almost thirty years now. Well, yeah, that is well. I get that. seriously. No, no, it's just funny the way you said it. I'm I'm excited for TCAF. I've been working every weekend for a long while, and uh, I'm just gonna do normal people things on weekends. Hero Fest is coming up this weekend here in Kingston. Yeah, it's gonna be a weird one. It's it's like D list celebrities. It's, yeah, it's the bottom tier of what kind of of, expi- of expos, I guess. Last know? year, the big draw was guy who dressed as Batman who had a Batmobile that he made. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, there's gonna be a few good names. For comics, some old guys that uh, it'd be nice to maybe just at least meet before they croak. <laughs> I'm down. I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. It, it, it'll be interesting. It's nice to have them in our hometown, but this one is less exciting to me than other ones. Yeah, because it's. I don't like where. It seems like all the bad parts. People call it Comic Con, but don't expect a comic convention. That's what really bugs me about cons. Yeah, it's days. become a different thing. Yeah, they think of Comic Con like, oh, this like is that, where they were. That's why I'm really Iron happy Man. they call it Fan Expo in Toronto because it's for fans of everything. It's yeah, cool and that's that they, what it they is. They catered yeah. to fans of literally fucking everything, which kind of makes it 
what sucks about it, though. It's, it's just about the giant crowd. But it's a good way to enter the scene, man. That was my first con I ever went to. Yeah, me too. It, all of us. And now I, I've specialized, and I go TCAF and King Well, I mean, Kong. I don't know. Now that I think about it, if that's a con, then the first cons that I would have gone to would have been, like, some sort of weed con. You know, like... Weed that's, con? It's not a con if, like, six of you sit around a fucking bong, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, you go and there's, like, showcases and market vendors and, like... People hustling and like, not just weed. I mean, like bongs. And that shit, sounds and, like, exactly. Did I describe this wrong? <laughs> that, that sounds like, sounds like a, a, a bunch of stars getting. It sounds like, like our group. house I, like I, twice a week. Yeah, there's people that get like, hey man, this one's old. Do you want my my bong? Like, you want to buy some weed? It sounds, sounds exactly like growing up. Weed, like a weed, a weed free market over here. <laughs> anyway, TCAF. Okay, actually, I'll get on to this. This is something I gotta bring up. We talk about smoking weed a lot on this podcast. And it's been brought up that I don't smoke weed. I'm smoking weed right now. He's currently doing it. And I don't, like, dislike it at all or anything like that, right? Like, actively, like, hating it. Kyle hates weed. (laughs) No, it's not not a thing. But here's what I will say is, like, actively, and I'm curious for you guys, dislike weed, like, memorabilia and propaganda oh like, yeah like the e- everything about it like the do you want to buy the 420 shirt and the pot leaf on it and like you guys don't <laughs> you guys don't wear that but like does that shit not drive you fucking bananas yeah dude so i'm on reddit all the time and i subscribe to art trees yeah which is their stoner thing You're an and uh they're like nails on a chalkboard to me it's like I, I get it. I was 16 once. I was like, Bob Marley, 420, forever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, it's, they're training a, like a culture where it should just be, normal. be just something you do. Like It's not like there's groups of alcoholics out there that do that, you know? Here's something I guess there are. Say. There are beer t-shirts. and Yeah, we're all just assholes. The graphic design involved in weed drives me nuts. Like, when people buy a bong, and it's, like, the weird swirly smoke letters have to be on all of it, or you gotta get that sticker of the pot leaf with googly eyes, or whatever the fucking thing is. Uh, it's so I, unattractively I, I, shit. It's <laughs> 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 no, like the podcast, I have a, a bud of marijuana with googly eyes on yeah, my bong. That, that, and I didn't even notice that on yours. But it's on every one of them. And it's shit looking. It's, it's bad, <laughs> bad design. Looks like crap. Yeah, and it's hysterical. That there that are class. There's ways to be a classy stoner, though. You know, like our, <laughs> our buddy just bought a three hundred dollar fucking vape pen. Uh, I, yeah, I think I those mean, are. That's kind of the future of weed. You know, especially <laughs> if it does ever become legalized, that's going to be the way that people can get away with just smoking public and shit like that. Yeah, that that that, that culture, that weird, like rebellious in its most casual sense. That seems like what they're. The weed culture, so it's got to look laid back, but also avant-garde. <laughs> and it's the weirdest, like, fucking well, combination. You're of right, films. because it, it goes from lowbrow to highbrow, where you can go down to the corner store and buy some cheesy bong for $20, or you can go to a classy bong shop and literally drop 600 bucks on a glass bong. You know? Yeah, but even that classy bong shop has got the dumbest fucking logo or whatever it is. No, like, there's some fucking nice glass. They have 420 man. written somewhere. No, there's some nice... Cool glass companies out these days, dude. 
Well, I can't even like, go to like a professional glass blower like, or something, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you went with me in downtown Toronto the one time. There was a bong shop where like they had their bongs and glass cases. And the shit friendly like stranger, that. right? The friendly, yeah. yeah, the friendly stranger. Classy place. Fantastic, you know. No, I get it. And everything. Guys. And and these days actually. No, I, I'm sorry, it, but it looked like it looked like a jewelry store. Well, the thing is, bongs. all of them, especially in Canada now, have gotten switching over to this kind of medical facility look because that has to do with the <laughs> fact a, that it's going to be clinics illegal. now it's not a bar yeah, it's not a it's, head shawl it's suddenly it's now clinic. you're walking into like a prescription drugstore look which is weird and a little more professional I'll give them but weird because there's still the fucking like the, instead of a door to the back there's beads <laughs> like, you know what, it blocks like, the smoke bro <laughs> yeah. if you can make old people comfortable with something then you could like make it generally acceptable to the public well, it's, yeah, it's not like, guys like us that are complaining about anything. You know what I mean? Like, we're really not actively vocal of complaining about anything. But old people, fucking two of them make enough noise. Yeah, know, no, no, no old lady trying be... to get her cancer treatment thing Dude, wants to walk man, into it. Yeah. the last ten years, this becomes so much more socially acceptable. No, exactly. It's just because, you know what? Yeah. It sounds awful, but I guarantee you that it's like an increase in cancer. People are just willing to try weed, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? My grandfather smoked weed because he had cancer, and it's just like it made him happy or some shit like that. I don't know. It sounds like an awful well, thing watched, to correlate, but I would imagine that weed is just becoming more and more acceptable. I watched the one yeah. show on Vice, uh, Weed Kit, and the episode was called "Getting Kids High." It was all about these um, children that have cancer that take like heavy, heavy doses of marijuana or THC, like, oil, like yeah, or they they yeah. take it like oil form, like medicine almost, like like in a yeah, teaspoon. Like a yeah. But like these kids get stoned as shit, but it's keeping them healthy. This it's not ca- it's not necessarily curing their cancer, but they can live like normal children. They're not yeah, in pain. It's, it's about like eat. appetite management, pain management, just general. Yeah, like pleasure. so these I kids get, are get getting the medical these value kids, kids are getting fucked up, but you know what? It, if they're living happy, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I know? certainly don't. So pain, pain medication fucks people up, and they're giving that out to everyone. I d- yeah, and I don't, I, and I definitely don't. I, like, I'm not here to say like, oh, I rag on it and any and in its properties and what it can do for people. Do what the fuck you want. I'm just saying, as it per- 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 uh, gets more popular, skip that word. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> like they got to get rid of like that weird. It's not even the stigma, it's uh, like or anything of it. It's just that weird. There's no, fucking... no, dude. There's still a stoner stigma. For oh, no, sure. no, no. I get, I get that, but I'm just saying, as well as getting rid of that stigma, they gotta get rid of that weird fucking graphic design culture of it <laughs> that I fucking think looks like garbage. It does look it's so, so cheesy, dumb. Man. Like, why does everyone want a pod leaf googly eye thing? People or, don't like, see fucking that things though. With smoke writing and man, the only people you see that I I, I sound like a real. It's on every bong. Look at everything you guys have. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah, I got a classy bong. Greg's bong's fine. It's a glass bong. It's neat. <laughs> it's very neat looking. But is there not a stupid print on it? Like, lift it up. Is there not a? Like a print. No, that's just the fucking like, the, the name of it. Company's logo. It just says nice. So they use the periodic table looking and whatever. It's not even the periodic table. It just that's says, what that's supposed to represent. So just so everyone knows, Kyle's like graphic design critique. Yeah, it's no, <laughs> not, I'm just saying it looks it, it looks trashy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they should get rid of that. Stoners are trashy. No, no, I'm I not, agree not. with you. It's just that weird culture thing that's grown up with it, and and someone has had it forever, and they it feels like it represents you, you just them. Hate white people with dreadlocks. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> the world does. The world does. <laughs> All right. Well, on yeah, that, 
glad they were done like thinning out some of our audience members. <laughs> I don't think fuck we're hipsters, shaming shorts, long boards, <laughs> dreadlocks, man buns, Bieber fans, women, <laughs> women, <laughs> people who like weed graphic design. Uh, who else? Who else can we fucking single out today? Oh, that's pretty much it. Oh, For just one a general episode, fuck you to the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got them all. Anybody like you know? Anybody who didn't fit into that category, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess so. That's been episode. No, we know 11. what the name of this episode is. It's just two versus three versus everyone else. The world, the, the world versus us. <laughs> all right, well that's been episode eleven of two versus three. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash two versus three, and on Twitter at two versus three. Uh, and check out all the fantastic podcasts at B-Movies and eBooks. They've added a new one recently called Scary as Shit, so be sure to check them out. Check out Cody's review. Of, uh, yeah, uh, Unraveled. Yeah, yeah, it's up on their video game section on B-Movies and eBooks.com. So I think that's it for this week. I'm Kyle. I'm Cody. I'm Greg. Thanks uh, for listening. Have a good night.